morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. It's Monday and I'm your host, Kim Bojorquez. Antelope Island State Park's Visitor Center is getting a makeover with a $13 million price tag. The Visitor Center will soon enter phase two of renovations. That's nearly 26 years after phase one of the project began. The need to expand became more urgent as the island flooded with increasing numbers of visitors in recent years, so many that the current center couldn't keep pace with demand. More than 1 million people traveled to the attraction last year, said park manager Jeremy Shaw, making it the third most visited state park in Utah. And he doesn't foresee visitation dropping anytime soon. Next, politics editor Jeff Parrott talks with columnist Robert Gerke about the state's new film incentives, which were passed this session by the Utah legislature. Hey, Robert, thanks for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. So one of the topics we didn't write or report a lot about during session was the film incentives bill this year. I think even Kevin Costner got talked a little bit on uh, the Utah House floor. Could you give us a little bit more details on what's going on? Sure. So Utah has had a film incentive since 2004. Um, In about 2011, since about 2011, it had been about six and a half million dollars. They bumped it up last year to about eight point three million dollars. This year, they there there was a proposal to bump it up to twelve million, uh, and the sort of the one of the driving factors behind that was Kevin Costner. Uh, Kevin Costner had shot Yellowstone in Utah for three seasons, and uh, then moved to the pr- production to Montana because they were giving him a, a heftier incentive. Now Costner's got this uh, five movie series called Horizon that he's starting to film here uh, later this year. Um, but the incentives, a, a, a competitive incentive was an essential part of him, you know, agreeing to do that. So he had he was not shy about saying that, you know, he wants to film his movie here. He hopes to be able to film his movie here. But it was dependent on on the passage of this uh, increased incentive. So uh, they did end up increasing the incentive up to twelve million dollars. So basically the way it works is these productions can get a a rebate of about 20% of how much they spend here um, up to that cap of $12 million total. That's for all productions um, in the state. And so the, the idea is, you know, you, 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 you have all of these other states competing and throwing money at these uh, movie and video productions. Um, and Utah just needed to sweeten the pot a little bit to make, make it a little bit more attractive for big productions in particular to come here. So with the movie business comes critics, and there were some critics of this bill um, kind of along the lines of big businesses getting large incentives to do business in the state, not something that's kind of atypical in Utah or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you explain a little bit of like why those critics were so critical of this bill? Yeah, I mean, there's the philosophical opposition to it that we just shouldn't be incentivizing or giving money to fat cat Hollywood, as it was called, you know, and, and it particularly when Kevin Costner became the focal point of this, it felt like uh, for some of these legislators that we were just writing a taxpayer check to Kevin Costner, who probably doesn't need it, uh, you know, in, in, in the grander scheme of things. Um, there's uh, some academic studies that say these don't generate a lot of uh, return on investment that there are better, more efficient ways to get assistance, uh, you know, economic assistance out there. The bill ended up passing. There is a two-year sunset on the bill. So they will 
implement this for two years, come back and see if it actually got results. It's a little hard to tell because, as I mentioned, they increased the incentive last year, but that was in the middle of COVID. And so filming all across the country, uh, including here in Utah, was down in both 2020 and 2021 as well. But the incentives are a little different compared to some other like large business here that's focused on the Wasatch Front. Uh, movies don't come to Salt Lake City to film in Salt Lake City. They're coming to film in the wilderness and rural Utah. Is, was that kind of the point to some of this? Yeah. So that was a big selling point for it. Um, about half of the movie permits that are issued uh, are issued for rural parts of the state. Um, so and, and and about a quarter of the filming days are done in rural Utah. And for the, some of these towns like Kanab, for example, it can be a big boost. Um, there was a movie a couple of years ago where Nicolas Cage came in and they took over a hotel when it was normally shut down and spent about two million dollars there. I mean, that's a big influx of, uh, of capital um, for these uh, for these rural communities. This bill um, actually heightens that targeting of rural Utah. They're going to uh, these projects need to be in rural Utah. And it was a big selling point, frankly, um, that they wanted to they wanted to steer a lot more of this investment to rural parts of the state, which are not necessarily benefiting from the booming economy the same way that urban parts of the state are. Uh, the average income is about the house. The average household income is about twenty to thirty thousand dollars less, depending on which county you're looking at. Unemployment is double, if not triple, in some parts of the of, of the state in these rural counties. It's also, you know, we give a lot of uh, tax incentives to a lot of different corporations, mostly here along the Wasatch Front. Um, the 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 levers they have, I guess, to pull uh, to stimulate rural economies are a little bit more limited. And this is one that they thought might help. Thanks for joining us today, Robert. Yeah, happy to do it. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you for checking out the Daily Buzz each day. Reporter Sage Miller will take over hosting duties for the remainder of the week. I'll be back to share the news with you next month. You can find new episodes of the podcast on your favorite streaming platform. I'd like to thank the Tribune's Chris Samuels for editing the podcast today and Salt Lake City band The Pelicans for producing our music. Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow.